The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your mercy and your grace. We ask that you would be with us now. And be with Emily. Watch over our uh, children's and family ministry. Lord God, and be with her. Give her wisdom. Uh, give her the power and the, um, uh, all the skills that she needs to do this uh, big job. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks so much for being here. I love interviewing people in front of the church, and, um, and it's going to be recorded, so hopefully people will listen to it uh, as well. But um, So Emily Sunamori uh, emailed me soon after I uh, announced that this is a, a job opening and said that you were interested in it, and you were the candidate. You were the, the qualified person. We had, we had several candidates, but we had you were the one that we uh, the Lord led us to, so... Um, why don't you just tell us, some of the folks watch you grow, grow up, and some of the folks are new, newer to the church than you are, so tell us um, about, about you and your family. So I'm Emily Sinamori, formerly, formerly Emily Atkinson. Um, I did grow up at Church of Our Savior. I was baptized here as a baby, um, and then my, my parents were very involved, and so I grew up coming here watching them be involved. Um, and then when I was in middle school, my dad decided to um, answer the call to go to seminary. So we moved to Suwannee, Tennessee when I was in high school um, so that he could go to seminary. So he graduated from seminary the year I graduated from high school. And So you left in 10th grade? I left be- before the summer grade. before my 10th grade, like two weeks before my... 14th birthday. <laughs> and how long did it take you to forgive it? Uh, it was hard. Well, we were actually supposed to go the summer before ninth grade. And so it was a little more like, okay, well, middle school's ending. We're going to start high school. That felt a little more comfortable. And then, um, and, and then the bishop delayed that. So we, we had sold our house. We, we had, oh. yeah. So we got a rental house. I went to Mandarin High for a year. That that was a little more difficult to stomach um, at the time because my eighth grade yearbook, everyone signed it like, "Bye," <laughs> and then I came back. Um, so I I stayed for ninth grade, knowing it would just be for ninth grade. So that that was that was a hard year. Um, and then and I was at Mandarin High, which. I'll probably know it's a very large school, um, and then when we moved to Swanee, my graduating class had 49 kids in it, so it was very, very, very small. Um, so that was like culture shock. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it ended up being, I mean, our our fam- I have a younger brother also, um, Ian, and it ended up being, we say it's family, the best thing that our family could have ever done was moving, going through that challenging experience um, as a family um, that Swanee if you've ever been there is or seen pictures of it is just one of the most beautiful places in on earth I think or in our country um, but anyway so I I stayed at Swanee for a year of college um, partly because if you know anything about the seminary process, when you're coming out of seminary, you don't exactly know where you might end up. And I had to make a college decision before we knew where my family was going to be. And I just figured, well, I'll stay somewhere familiar. <laughs> um, so, and I loved Swanee, but so I did a year at Swanee, and then found out 
that my family was coming back here. And my dad came to be the assistant rector here for a time, and I was, I was honestly a little jealous. Like, I was jealous that they were back here, and I wasn't. Um, so, I, I did a year at Suwannee, and I came and worked a summer as a counselor after my freshman year of college, and being back at Camp Weed, having my family back here, I was like, I, I wanna come back. Mm. So, um, of course, being 18, I didn't make those decisions as quickly as I should have, so I ended up having to take a year off of school because mm. <laughs> UNF wouldn't let me in um, on short notice. <laughs> so the nerve. Know, the nerve. So, so now you're, you've. Um, I'm going to fast forward yes, just a little yes, bit um, yeah. because you know we got some other Sorry, questions. Yeah. Um, so tell me about um, tell me your family now. You've got so my family now. Yeah. Um, I have my husband Drew is on the playground with my small children right now. Um, and then um, we have um, Isla, who will be eight next month. She is Drew's daughter from a previous marriage, so my stepdaughter. Um, and then Drew and I have our boys. Beck is almost three, and Dane is one and a half. Um, so they are a handful together. Um, and so it seemed like the right thing to do to take a job. Yeah. 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 You know? <laughs> that's, that's just, that would really calm things yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, well, I know one of the other questions is about my former professional life. Yeah. I'll skip ahead to that. But, oh, sure, um, sure. Go ahead. I, yeah, I do. Um, well, yeah, let's just talk. Let's, let's skip that. So we'll, we'll, um, we'll come back to the, the next question. But your okay. professional background is uh, is very different than, yes. than this kind of work. So so what was it that, that sort of drew you to this sort of work? Yeah, so my my professional background was in um, IT. I, the last several years, was working um, for a healthcare um, software as a service IT company that served home health and hospice agencies. Um, I did not go to school for that. I went to school for criminal justice. <laughs> <laughs> and wanting to do social work. Um, but when I did an internship with the, the Department of Children and Families, I was responding to child abuse calls. Um, and I thought I wanted to do that, but that, you know, it takes a lot more toll on you mentally than I was prepared for, um, especially at 20 years old. Um, so I stepped back from that and thought, I'll, I'll rethink what I'm going to do. But, um, Anyway, the IT world just kind of fell into my lap in a roundabout way, and I was very good at it. I've, I'm a very organized person. I think very analytically, um, and that I was a product manager, so I managed the creation and development of our products. Um, so I did that for a while. And then I had my first son, and COVID happened. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, and I wasn't very happy at work, honest. I mean, I was good at it, but it wasn't anything I was like thrilled to be doing or like passionate about. Um, and having wanted to be in social work originally, that was where my heart was, was to do something more service oriented. And I just felt like I wasn't doing anything for the good of the world, really. Mm -hmm. um, and anyway, COVID happened and I was working from home and I had my... Um, children at home and then right before COVID we found out we were having another baby so then I was mm -hmm. you know pregnant through the pandemic um, and Isla my stepdaughter her mother was diagnosed with cancer 
also that year. Um, so by the time our youngest was born, I was like, I can't have an infant, a toddler, and a daughter whose mom is going through chemo and work <laughs> with this job. So Drew and I just decided we would figure things out, make it work, and I would just focus on home. Um, and that ended up being the best, the scariest choice, but the best choice. Um, and then Isla's mom did pass away last year. Um, so, you know, right before her birthday, right before the summer. So the past, like, year has been kind of getting our family adjusted to that um, and, you know, what life looks like now. Um, but all this time I'd been kind of itching for, like, I want to go back to work. <laughs> And I don't want to do IT anymore. I want something that is purposeful and that if I'm going to go back to work and have time away from my children, that is something valuable and meaningful. Um, and lo and behold, around this time, yeah. um, you know, it was announced that Beth was going to become a deacon and stepping out of this role. And it just felt like the most, you know, God's timing yeah. was just, was just perfect um, because I was truly in the midst of like, well, maybe I'll just explore IT work again. Like maybe that is what I'm supposed to do, but I didn't feel it. You know, it wasn't. Um, we sort of so. resigned to it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, well, that's what I've been doing. I'm good at it. We got com we got plenty of computers you can work <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, that's, that's, no problem there. Well, what, I mean, what's it, what's it been like? Um, yeah, um, and we got plenty of people who would love for you to come to their house and work on their computers. Um, what uh, what's it been like coming back to the church that you grew up in? I mean, you, you recognize a lot. They know you. They knew you were you were a little bitty, and and they probably remember you and treat you that way. You know, yeah, like that. Yeah. So, what, I mean, what's it been like coming to work for the church that you uh, grew up in? Well, it's it's been um, it's been fun in that I, I do have the history here, and I did grow up here, and I have a lot of familiar faces here, but I also spent time away. And so in a lot of ways, I feel new, mm -hmm. um, or the newer faces don't know me and, you know, don't know I have history here, which right. I think is great, too, because then, um, you know, new ideas or things like that are taken differently, I think. Um, but... It, I mean, it feels like coming home, like, I, this is my, my home. My, aside from memories in my home as a child, all my foundational memories are at this church. Mm. Um, and I'm grateful that Drew, my husband, he's not, he's not from Jacksonville, so he didn't grow up here, but um, I'm grateful that he feels comfortable here and doesn't mind that, you know, I have the roots here and he mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily, but he's felt really welcomed um, as well. And he, he did not grow up in the Episcopal Church. He grew up in a, like a home church, <laughs> kind mm -hmm. of. Um, so the Episcopal Church has been kind of new for him too, but, um, but he's, he's really loved it also. Um, so I have to ask, and I should probably just ask him, but I'm, I'm just not on, on your list here. Uh, <laughs> what, what, is, what is the origin of Tsunamori? What, what, is, what is that? My father-in-law is Japanese. Oh, okay. Um, so it's... I always, if somebody looks at our name and they're like, I don't know how to say that. If you can say tsunami, it's just like tsunami, except... <laughs> except more. Yes, yeah. except more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so if my, 
if my my in-laws might come to church next weekend, they're going to be in town. I might oh, be fantastic! To come. But if you see them, my don't call them tsunami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they're they're from Texas and they're not from Japan. <laughs> but um, I can't wait. That's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. Uh, why do you think? I mean, so why do you think children's and family ministry is important to important period or important to a to a parish? Um, well, I mean, part of part of it being important to the parish, I think, is just to keep the love of Christ and the knowledge of Jesus, you know, going through the next generation. But um, as far as children's ministry and like the activities involved in it, things like that, I mean, I I relate its importance to what an important part of my life it was as a child myself and um, just having that feeling of having other people in your life besides your immediate family or, you know, kids who maybe don't have grandparents. Like, I, my grandparents had all passed away when I was very young, so the, my church family, like, I had a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, fill-in grandparents here um, and second parents, really. But, um, you know, growing up with that feeling of knowing that there are this whole other community of people who love you and care about you and want to help you know Jesus and have a, a good life, you know, following the Lord. Um, to me, that's the biggest importance of, like, children's ministry is just fostering that in children outside of their home. Um, I think for some, especially as a parent now, you know, you go through your day-to-day motions, making sure you're brushing your teeth, getting dressed for school, and, you know, you end up, maybe dropping those bigger conversations because um, you just, you know, the day ends and you're nagging them about homework or whatever. And um, I just think it's really important to have a, a space outside of home, too, where you're not just hearing it from mom and dad, but you are you have another community around you who's um, supporting that. And, I mean, especially for older kids, there's just so much noise outside in the world between like social media school all the things and I just think of church and the ministry here is like a, a safe space from that um, and you know I, I want every kid to have that that safe space but mm-hmm. um, so you've come in at a busy time mm-hmm. you came in like two weeks before Easter yeah. Uh, we're ramping up for for uh, creative for a purpose and vacation Bible school, and we're already planning for the fall. And so, how's it going? It's good. It's good. I'm glad. And how's your boss? Easter no, was. Good. <laughs> I'm I'm thankful that. No, don't. Beth... <laughs> I'm thankful Beth pre-ordered all the Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm you know Easter was wonderful. I am. You know, it's a it's a sigh of relief to kind of have that mm-hmm. <laughs> behind me, and I think it went well. I think it was successful. Um, I was excited to try having the egg hunt on the lawn again. Um, Home run. Because I run. just yeah. I want it. You know, it's great to have it on the playground too, but I to make the church feel more like a community. I like the idea of having the kids on the lawn and everyone. You know, you're coming out of church and everyone gets to see them having fun and running around and, and enjoying the riverbank. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, the playground's fine, but 
I, I like the idea of having them all in the a community space instead of just like sequestering them. Did you hide any them. down in, like in the rocks by the river? Or? <laughs> I, well, um, actually, my children were hiding the eggs, so I don't know where they ended up. But I told them yeah. I was like, "Don't go past." The big tree, but yeah. um, Luke Gibbs, I was helping. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. There may be some down there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we've got. Yeah. Uh, we we've got a. Uh, well, let me ask you this: what are, what are some of the first things that you're working on? Uh, what are you What are you tweaking? What are you keeping the same? What What are you What are you working on? Um, so I'll start with what I'm keeping the same. I I think our summer programs, VBS built for a purpose, created for a purpose, have been very successful. Um, and they are pretty well-oiled machines at this point, which I'm grateful for, especially coming into a, you know, it's right around the corner. <laughs> so, um, so generally speaking, at least for this summer, while I get to be more hands-on and experience it, but, you know, generally keeping that the same because um, kids love it, parents seem to love it, and it's, it's done well. Um, as far as what I'm tweaking, my first kind of pet project the past couple weeks has been working on the nursery, um, just making that more inviting, cleaning it up a little bit, reorganizing it a little bit. Um, I, my vision is not, to not make a little bit. She's been throwing out. That, we, we were put, we were putting uh, we were putting the trash from the food trucks in there, and there was no room in the uh, in the bin out yeah. there. There was you've been doing a lot. Yeah. Um, the, I, I mean, I don't know who's been in the nursery lately, but so there's the main nursery and then there's a room connected to it that is like pseudo decorated for a baby room. But my vision is to make that into like a true baby space again. Um, you know, we have we have more families coming who um, mm -hmm. are will hopefully come more regularly who have, you know, babies under say like 18 months that I would love to be able to offer them more of a baby safe space um, and just you know to say that we have that so it's not you're not questioning like leaving them in the bigger kid toddler room like oh, are they gonna be okay in here? right um, so I've been working on that also you know I have my own little one so my I'm like laser focused on safety hazards and things mm -hmm. like that so working on that um, and then Sunday school is my next, um, that's probably a big, that's a bigger project. Nursery is more like manual labor. <laughs> the, the Sunday school is more planning. Um, but I, my, my vision for Sunday school is, um, we'll get through May with the way it's been uh -huh. really. And then, you know, over the summer we've kind of been like, do we have regular Sunday school? People are on vacation. It's maybe not as well attended. Um, but I would like to make the summer, um, like service project, service Sundays for the summer. And so during Sunday school time, having it be just a different service project for the kids to do. Um, and then Hannah, Hannah Barden, the youth um, minister and I have been working together to plan some summer service projects that can bring the older youth over to work with the younger kids in Sunday school, like, you know, doing a project together. Um, because we would really, I would really like, and Hannah is supporting me in that, um, like to have the older youth, you know, get to practice being mentors to the, to the younger guys. Um, and then that also helps kind of 
you know, build that bridge for so it's not quite such a big transition when they're of the age to, you know, go across the street to youth group. And, and you're training future Sunday school leaders. So, yes, so that's really, yes, yeah, that's yes. smart. <laughs> uh, well, we've actually had a hard time, really. I mean, in the last, since I've been here anyway, we've had a hard time getting kids to Sunday school. Uh, I mean, why, why do you, we would love kids. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this parish loves children. And youth, but we've had a hard time getting people to Sunday school. What, why do you think that is, and what's what's the solution? Well, I mean, certainly the last couple of years, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, beyond that, you know, Sunday school, my vision for it, even when we get back. So summer, I'd like to do service projects. When we get into the fall, I'd like to bring back more, like, traditional, you know, Sunday school, but maybe do, like, a monthly service project or something. I don't want to drop the outreach part of things. But... Um, but I think just making sure that Sunday school is a little more hands-on for the kids. So they either have like an art project they're working on that they can take home or, you know, just some sort of activity right now they have Play-Doh to keep, you know, their hands busy while they're listening. But, um, I, I would like to make it, it, yes, it's always been called Sunday school, but I don't want them to feel like they're sitting in school and just, you know straight listening to the teacher I, I want them to want to go you know um so I'm hopeful we'll see how it goes hopeful that that will help bring some more kids and I'm hopeful that doing some of these projects over the summer whether it's making like blessing bags for the homeless or PB&Js for a church without walls something like that that they'll enjoy that enough that they get used to coming to the Sunday school time frame and then you know flow into the fall yeah good but um and then my other hope for sunday school would be to have something that they can take home that's you know tangible to take home that also you know is a reminder outside of church of what they did or what they talked about on sunday but also so that parents can kind of have that conversation starter with them Mm -hmm. um because you know like i was saying earlier you I don't want it to feel like, hey, well, what did you do in Sunday school today? And, or how was Sunday school today? And it's just like we ask her how school was, and she's like, fine. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, if she has something to show us and to talk about, that that will help ignite that conversation mm-hmm. with, with us, too. And then we know what she learned about and what she talked about and can kind of fill in any gaps also. Um, but I think just making that bridge between church and home um, – will help too mm-hmm. but. well you talked about uh parents a little bit i mean as hard as it's been to get um kids in sunday school it's often hard to get parents here as well and parents are so busy you know yeah. i mean it's enough just to come here for an hour and you certainly know good gracious um there's that great proverb that says train up a child in the way they'll go and and when you're old uh, when they're old uh they will not depart from it uh, so how can we how can we support parents as they disciple their kids? I mean, I, you know, as, how can we support parents? So when, a lot of times, they're afraid to ask the question, how is Sunday school? Because they don't know how to answer the question when the kids say, well, yeah. what about heaven? You know, or what about death? Or what yeah. about the cross? Or what, you know, they don't know. So how do we, how do we support parents? Yeah, I'm, well, I think the, the parenting class that um, Father Trent's been doing has been a great start. I got to attend it a couple of times. Um, and... Um, having that option I think is really good I I would love for 
that to connect in some way to what the kids are learning in Sunday school so that you're at least a little more prepared for those kind of questions. But I also am very aware that, you know, kids ask questions at the, the strangest questions at mm-hmm. the strangest times. And you will never be fully prepared for them. Um, and it's always at bedtime when you're just like, okay, hey, good night. And they're like, well, wait a second. Yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Isla asked me the other day, like, how can anybody not be sad in heaven when they're not with the people they love on earth? And I was like, that's a really good question. <laughs> Go to sleep. Yeah, it's like, we just had a long bedtime. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the kind of questions that you're just like, I wonder that myself, you know, how, how do you answer that? Um, but um, anyway, so generally I would, I would like to support parents in, you know, continuing parenting classes, giving them more resources to connect to what kids are talking about in Sunday school. But um, Hannah and I also have a, a vision to turn, I don't know if you've been in, across the street in the FLC lately, but there's the like main living room you walk into and it has bookshelves that are covered in older materials that um, I don't think anybody looks at them. Um, oh, y'all, y'all, go, y'all check out books from there all the time, don't you? <laughs> Come on. But we would love to make that more of a, a parenting resource hub um, so that, you know, if you are either struggling with something with your child or, you know, just want something to go over with them or, you know, that there are just other places to find help um, or resource. I mean, I know I've you know, the last year, like, Drew and I have been, like, what, what do we do to support a grieving child, um, or, you know, what is a good resource for talking to our kids, and, um, so being able to lead parents to a spot like that, I think, um, would be nice, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, the more we get kids to come and enjoy their time here, too, I think, the more their parents will will come. Yeah. Hopefully. When yeah, we want programs. Your child to yeah. come to church. No, we want we want yeah. programs where the kids are dragging their parents yeah. to church. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. What um well, what has been this is on this so other than this question itself, what what has uh, been the most surprising thing uh, that you've found since here? I mean positive or negative, you know, opportunity strength. What what's been the most surprising thing? Um the most immediately surprising was probably just the amount of stuff <laughs> that's around the closet. <laughs> the closet. No. Um, I I am a true minimalist at my home, so I've been enjoying purging. <laughs> but I think my husband is sick of me. Like his his side of the closet is probably the last thing that I've left and uh-huh. I've gotten to leave in our house. So I think he's glad that I have a new project. You just, listen, you can come to my garage yeah. anytime. Anytime. Um, and you know, it's been a good workout too, but um, so that's that's been super I found like, you know, Hannah and I have made a we call it our little mini museum in our office of like old directories and things, like um, found a nice cassette tape. I'm talking about the church <laughs> like I don't even think we have a place to play this <laughs> but, um, so yeah that's probably the most surprising but I really shouldn't be surprised I mean you know I grew up in church I know everyone wants to keep things in case we could use it at right. some point and then we just get more and more and more and never use it <laughs> yeah that's right um, but so that's you know surprising in one way um, 
also surprising is, I, I mean, honestly, the number of people who, like, I've been, I've been gone for a long time, so I was kind of surprised the number of people who actually remember me. Mm. <laughs> um, but, which is, is sweet. Um, and I think also just how much I personally have already, like, gained from this job, like, mentally, I think I didn't realize, I knew I wanted to work in a capacity like this or that would, you know, be serving others, but I didn't realize like how much I needed that or how much I wanted that. And, um, like it makes me emotional, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's been really good for our family in general. Um, and awesome. me, our family, because, you know, when mom's happy, everybody's happy. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what Drew told me. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, that's that's all I've got. What, I would love to open it up for some questions here, Jim. Surprisingly, Jim Barker has a question. Yes. Uh, Emily, it's absolutely great having you back home again. Thanks. We love seeing your, your mom and dad. I'm, I'm really disappointed that they were unable to be here to, today to, to hear your presentation. Yeah. But I'm glad he's been reemployed. Yes. And I, I've heard a lot today, you know, about Sunday school. I haven't heard much about afternoon activities, Sunday afternoon activities for the youth. What were your thoughts there? Yeah, um, so that that realm of things would be more like Hannah's side okay. for, um, you know, like I'm more like birth through fifth grade. Um, and I don't know, just being honest, that we'd have much traction on like that age range um, being brought back to church Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, when I grew up in youth group here, youth group was Sunday afternoon. Um, and Hannah and I have talked a good bit about, you know, having tried that or versus why, because youth group is Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. Um, and she's just had more success with that um, time period. She opens up the FLC um, at four for, she calls it, homework and hangs I think is the term um, so I think she gets more so kids at that time who can drive themselves but some others who because Wednesday um, is in St. John's County at least every Wednesday is early release day mm -hmm. and then in Duval I think it's like once a month but um, so Wednesday has been a good time for that because they're usually out of school early anyway um, and you know, it gives them an opportunity to hang out with friends and do homework, and then they have dinner and do Bible study. But um, not that she's not open to doing Sunday again, but I, I believe she said during the summer they try to do, like, lunch on Sundays, um, like a lunch bunch kind of thing. Um, so, but as far as, you know, my age range, um, it, that'll probably be sticking to Sunday morning. And then um, I, I am planning, I, and I guess I didn't mention this, but like a summer kickoff type of event, which would probably be a Saturday afternoon. Because, um, you know, the the zero to fifth grade crowd, a chunk of that, are they're still napping. <laughs> so um, you've got a chunk of the middle of the day where parents are like, well, I don't want to push through nap time. <laughs> and I mean, that's me. <laughs> but... Um, and I think that's a lot of the reason why the 915 service ends up being more of like the family service because I know me personally with my young children, if we come to 1115, then, 
you know, we're not getting out until it's already nap time, and then it's just like meltdown city. Yeah, you're just kind of tightrope walking the meltdowns. <laughs> um, so, and you know, I think, I, for a lot of parents, I think that ends up being why nine fifteen is like the ideal service time too. Yeah. I was just curious if uh, you all had thought of maybe, I don't know, once a month, once a quarter or something, doing something with the Sunday school children interact with the parish. Like maybe they've done a project and they can share it. And I think maybe if kids have done something and they are going to get to show it off, then the, they're going to want their parents to bring them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And also, I mean, it would involve them with everybody else. No, that's a a great idea. Um, You know, Hannah and I have talked about involving the youth, the older youth with the kids, but we haven't really gotten to the point of, you know, what could we have them present or um, share or just do a service project altogether or, you know. Obligating them to come to the service is a great way to get them to do the service. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about Creative for a Purpose, too, is that that's just like a very intergenerational camp. Um, so any other opportunity that we could bring that to the church on a regular basis instead of just, um, you know, once a week in the summer mm-hmm. would be great. But, Emily? Yeah. I think this morning was a perfect example of having children participate because when Joe called those children up in the the baptism Mm -hmm. and gave them jobs, they were so eager, you know, that it was just really a good example of what you can accomplish with younger children. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the comment on getting the youth, the older youth, more involved with intergenerational activities but what my compliments to you, and I know you've done that in the past, but it was it was such a pleasure to see how eager those children were to help Joe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'll, there'll be other opportunities, even if we have, um, you know, some kind of a dinner and let the younger children set the table. I mean, they love that sort of thing, letting them put the placemats on the tables and, you know, even arranging the flowers on mm-hmm. the table. Those are the kinds of things that really, um, you know, as long as a little child can have an activity and they feel like they're helping, that that's really how you hook them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's good advice. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Agape uh, dinner, too, was another example of what happened uh, yeah. mm-hmm. with different groups. I, I, have, I had never been to one before. And I just, it's so much joy. Yeah, the Agape Meal is very Seeing special. The children, hearing the children speak up and give their opinions, and I love that. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear such support for yeah. <laughs> those kinds of um, activities. So, is that Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I've only been back, like, the last two years. But is kids' word more like... In my old church, we would have called that children's church. Mm-hmm. Or is it like a Sunday school also? It's, I mean, like, it's more like children's chapel, or I it? mean, it, it, it's yeah. it's meant to be. Yes. Okay. Um, so then you have you have that first, mm-hmm. and then those who stay or then come. Well, no, those who stay for this type of thing for regular, for adult Sunday school, 
the kids have Sunday school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So say whatever you're talking about that day. Is there a handout that they take home? Like a, you know, like not a weekly reader, but you know how some things quarterly will come with your curriculum? Because parents, parents, when they get those questions, not only are they tired too, a lot of them don't know. Yeah. They're not disciple yeah. Christians. They're just back at the church because they got a family now and they should go to church. Mm -hmm. Do you, you know what I mean? And, and God love them for that. But they don't know and they don't know to say the reason, you know, mom's not missing you like we miss hers because she's in heaven where everything is so perfect. She's with all those that came before her and Jesus. She's waiting for you or something. Yeah. You yeah. know, but you're just stymied when you get those questions mm -hmm. at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I just didn't know if you had any of those kind of like handout things. We're at time now, and, and I think Emily mentioned that that's one of the goals, to get yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's without, interesting without What's interesting is that when I asked for questions, what we got is advice. So each of you uh, who is going to, uh, you, you've, you've, uh, you've shown that you have expertise, and so we, we're, we're going to sign you up. We're going to sign you up. Well, we, uh, if you haven't already been to church, please, uh, please go to church. Emily, we, you're doing a great job and uh, just showing a lot of leadership and energy and, and uh, new, new ideas. So please do pray for Emily. Please, please continue to support her, and we will be calling you to, to help. So thanks so much. <laughs> Welcome, Emily Sunworth.